0: so wonderful to hear some powerful testimonies coming back from the Entrusted series. And so today what we want to do is just uh, continue along that journey and talk about the the importance of vision, seeing the way God wants us to see. And I believe that vision is a, a very, very powerful part of our Christian journey, and it gives us the ability to apprehend those things that aren't seen, and we apprehend them as though they are a reality. The book of Proverbs actually puts it like this. It says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there's no revelation or there's no vision, people cast off restraint. I was coming back from Hastings recently on a flight, and they had the latest Air New Zealand magazine And I went through and read it filling in time, came to the back page and again was reminded of how God spoke to me and gave me a vision just by seeing the airline routes going to different nations of the world within New Zealand. And I was reminded how God showed me that map and I started to see arrows going out from Auckland to different places right around the world. And the wonderful reality is that even though that happened for me many, many years ago, that vision now has become a reality. It was something that began to give us direction, even as a church, as a group of churches. uh, We were able to sow our resources into it. And now we're living uh, because the, the vision that was seen has now actually become a reality. We're actually living in it. And uh, Helen Keller, the lady who was blind developed Braille, she said it like this, there's something worse than being blind and that is having sight but not being able to see. And so many people go through life, they meander through life. They don't they don't create a vision that really captivates their heart and brings restraint around their life. And I believe that today God wants to help you to just see the power of vision so that you're able to build restraints around your life and so that your life is able to actually fulfil the very things that God's calling you to do. And that's so important for us as a church or a group of churches, that we're able to see something bigger and uh, as a leadership, we want to cast a vision that's able to, in a way, excite every one of our lives. And so we're able to throw off the restraints and work together to see something greater accomplished. The passage of Scripture that I just want to use today, it's the story of a man by the name of Bartimaeus, and he was blind. And it's found in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. And it says, "'Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho,' With his disciples in a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. They had no help for uh, people who were blind in those days, no government support. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, "Be of good cheer, rise; he is calling for you." Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, "Why? Do you, what do you want me to do for you?" The blind man said to him, "Rabbi, that I may receive my sight." Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus down the road. That would have been one pretty excited man that day, as Bartimaeus was able to see. His eyes are closed. Often you just can't imagine, I can't imagine what. What, the, what, what it would have been like in his world to have not seen colour, the vibrancy of the environment around him, to see the, the characteristics of human faces. And all of a sudden his eyes were opened and he was able to see, he was able to behold. And there's so many things that we can actually learn and pick up from this passage of Scripture uh, that will help us in a way to glean and to gain vision and direction for our life. And I just want to give you a few that I was really encouraged by Uh, going through this story. The first area that we can learn and we can pick up from as we look at Bartimaeus was that he acknowledged need. And so often we go through life and we don't acknowledge our need. Um, and so therefore we just go through the journey and we don't really learn from what, we, uh, what, what is before us. Bartimaeus, this, it just says he sat by the road and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him. There was something in his, in his heart that was a need. And I believe when you look in our world right now with all the turmoil, the things that are happening, whether it's COVID, uh, the political situation, things that are happening around the world, there's a lot of turmoil, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of lot, lot, lot of areas that can bring anxiety and fear to people. And that can creep into the church because our human senses will be governed more sometimes by than the Spirit of God. But one thing that we can really learn as we go through seasons like this, uh, is we can learn from Bartimaeus because he had a cry. And this is where I believe prayer really comes into its own. And in a way, I, I'm trying to encourage you today to see that this is a moment As we transition, we go through difficulty to really call out to God because God wants us to see as He sees. He doesn't want us to be just locked in to the reality of our environment around us. He wants our eyes of our heart to be open so that we're able to glean and see the way He sees. And so when you look in life, prayer becomes a very, very powerful part. I've really enjoyed over my Christian journey reading Psalms because Psalms give you a sort of, in a way, a whole lot of understanding of the depths of our human uh, struggles and, 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 our, and our responses. And you get the stories of David, you know, why are you cast down my soul, uh, my soul, yet I will rejoice, yet I will stand up. And uh, there's so many different expressions through the Psalms. And what they do is they, they, they don't discount their need. But what they do is acknowledge their need, but then they come to the point where they, they position themselves for God to meet their need. And when I look at what's happening around the world at the moment, one Psalm that has really uh, quite pivotal in my praying is Psalm 125, verse four, uh, four where it just says that the scepter of the wicked will not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. And so as I pray, I'm desperate to see God break through, break the power. Power of these forces of wickedness that are seeking to really rob God's people or the people of the earth of God's inheritance, God's plan, God's purpose, God's kingdom. And what we need to see is just the reality of the power of God breaking through. But what God's looking for is people not just to stand back and be caught by the fear of the environment, but are able to stand up and say, No, no, we are the weapons of God to change the environment. And and that's what vision does. Vision sees a greater tomorrow. It's not just caught by its current reality. And I believe right now, I'm just putting into you prophetically uh, a, a determination to say, no, no, we're not just going to accept. We're going to rise up. There's something in our spirit that's going to pray. We're going to be agents of change where we can determine to see something of God's purpose, His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that right now, the Spirit of God is calling the church church. Like Bartimaeus, he had a condition, we have a condition, but God's saying, no, you're now my agents to change the environment. And right now, I just uh, place that challenge before you. Come on, don't just observe, don't look on, but be an agent through prayer where you're able to usher in the kingdom of God as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. The second area is that he asks for help. And again, the same line, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, There's a a real sense and there's a real hunger in his heart for God to intervene in his current situation. So prayer, in a way, is the first part. I acknowledge the need, but then asking for help, being specific uh, in the direction. And perhaps you're right now in a position where you need something uh, of a miracle in your health or even in your finances or even in your work situation Come on, be specific and say, come on, God, I'm asking you to break through. I'm asking you to right now be merciful towards me, but you're a good God. You remind him of who he is. He's a good God because he does hear the cry of a heart. He hears the desperate call of an individual when we come to him. And I I, I just really sense right now that God is actually challenging us to come on. Let's be a little bit more specific in our request and our desire. Uh, Begin to name some things, perhaps in a journal or on your phone that you're reminded of, you see every day. Perhaps in the bathroom, have a calendar where you're able to place some needs there. And every time you just face that calendar, you're able to pray. We've got a calendar in our bathroom and every one of our children and grandchildren are on it named. And every day uh, we are praying for one of those children. So, So they're being blessed but we are specific in what we're focusing on. And I believe that right now God's wanting us to focus. Um, Bartimaeus, he, he, was, he was desperate, but he was prepared to come with his need to, to Christ. And the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And I think that desperation sometimes comes from the heart of God. He wants us, he wants us to be desperate enough to say, come on, intervene, God. And then we actually have a testimony of His miracle power. We're just so desperate to see God intervene that we then have this testimony. Wow, God went over and beyond, amen? And I pray that there's that desperation within your spirit. Then the third aspect that we can pick up from the story is how He responded when called. And Jesus stood still and commanded and He called. And then they called the blind man saying, be of good cheer, rise for he is calling for you. Um, This is not a story so much about uh, Jesus calling, but it definitely is a story about God's will taking place. And it was a story that I was reminded of, of a lady, we heard a testimony, uh, her name was Betty Mouse, I think that's how you pronounce it. But she got peritonitis and it wasn't um, dealt with quickly. And so her whole stomach uh, became very gangrene, uh, septic and to the point that she was under massive pain. And it really uh, the, the, the um, x-rays were saying that virtually the whole of this part of her system uh, had been destroyed. And so the, 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 the gangrene was so severe that she literally died and uh, she went, to heaven, and she tells the story of how she was approaching the throne of God, and as she was approaching the throne of God, she she could hear the cry of her dad by her bed, and he cried out and he said, Jesus, it is not time yet. Uh, come and heal my daughter, and it's almost like she was she was trying to be drawn into the presence of God because physically she had died, but then she had this call of her father calling back, which was obviously a prayer ignited by God in her father's heart because she literally was able to go back and she saw herself connecting uh, to, to her body again and her eyes open and her father's rejoiced. And the, the interesting part of the story, she just says it was as though before I had this encounter and I died um, and I went into almost into the presence of Jesus, she says, all my plumbing had disappeared. I couldn't no longer go to the toilet. I couldn't eat. Nothing worked. And that's why in the end, she she died. But when she came back into her body, the first thing she asked for was she wanted to eat. And the doctors looked to her amazement and said, no, no, you can't eat because you have no internals to actually uh, process food. And anyhow, she ate, and then not long after it, she went to the toilet, and she was able to go to the toilet because basically her whole internal system had been completely healed by the power of God. And she tells this story, and when you're listening to it, you're absolutely amazed by the miraculous power of God. But what reminded me of the story was this call. But it wasn't so much here, the call of Jesus, but yet it was because it was a desperate father saying, it's not time yet and he was calling. And you can imagine Bartimaeus, almost this this call when he hears Jesus say, no, no, he's calling for you. And he gets up, wow, he's calling for me. Something's going to happen. Jesus is calling for me. And it's almost like this draw of the Spirit of God. And I believe God's right now calling. Jesus is calling. If we would just hear his voice uh, and we would begin to stand up and we would begin to pro- approach the throne of grace and we begin to know the heart of God, you will start to see supernatural things happen in your life. And it was as though God would connect with your humanity in a very powerful way. And so that call when Jesus calls is the ability to hear, to respond. And sometimes you know we 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 push that call away. It's like Uh, Peter, uh, when Jesus comes walking on the water to him. And the Bible says it wasn't a flat, uh, still sea. It it, it was a sea that was uh, thrown around. And so one minute Jesus was up, the next minute was down. Peter was looking because he was in a boat and they're trying to catch sight. And he just, momentarily, the the Bible says in in Matthew chapter 14, it's a ghost. But Jesus says, uh, he responds. And then Peter said, if it's you, Jesus, you call me. And the only word that Jesus said was come. And so here's Peter. He gets out of the security of his boat into the vulnerability of a a, a tossed sea. And he starts walking towards Jesus. But the only word that drew him to Jesus to experience the miracle of his power was come. And I believe the Holy Spirit's wanting to sharpen our hearing so that we can hear the still voice. When Jesus says come, we respond and we come towards him. Why? Because when we do, there's a miracle waiting for us. There's something significant that God's about to do. The fourth area we can learn is that we are to remove the old. And the old really is what holds us back from actually coming into what God has for us. And it just says in, um, uh, in this passage of Scripture, throwing aside his garment, he arose and he came to Jesus and he threw off what, uh, so he threw off what represented the old. I, um, you know, you have many stories in life which you can relate, but sometimes, you know, you, 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 you're wearing this might be good for certain people I don't know, but we just wear an old garment. And the old garment is really reflected of a negative part of our life. And what we do is we put it on because it's almost like a a comfort garment, but yet the garment in itself is more reflective of something in our heart that it is about where God wants to take us. And we we don't, it's like we don't change. And I think, you know, this story is powerful because the moment Bartimaeus stands up, he's got this beggar's coat on. And he said, I can't take my beggar's coat with me to Jesus. So he throws it off. And so he comes to Jesus without a beggar's coat the dirty matted coat, the coat that he would sit in and be protected from every day. Uh, But he threw it off. Why? Because he was coming to Jesus to receive a new garment, a new garment to be dressed different. And I think that sometimes in life, uh, you know, we as God's people, we've got to learn to throw off the old if we're approaching Jesus to possess the new. We've got to enter into his purpose. We've got to learn to throw off those things in a way that are hindrances to us possessing our tomorrow. And sometimes those things can be just the understanding of of, of how we deal with money, how we deal with life. Sometimes our attitudes, sometimes our areas in our life where we're just holding on and say, no, no, that's me, but it's not you. God wants you to throw off sometimes old mindsets. I see many Christians who won't deal with the mindsets of the old. The Bible just says in Colossians chapter three, it says, set your mind on Christ. When, when you set your mind on Christ, set your mind on things above, not things of the earth. And if you look at, um, I was in the Wellington airport and the All Blacks came through and they were all dressed in their, in their garments uh, their clothes, uh, because they were representing the team they played for. So they had the, the, their all-black, um, not, not the, uh, naturally what they'd play in, but they, had their, the, they, were, they were the team coming through the airport, and we knew they were the all-blacks by the way they were dressed. And it's almost like that with, with, uh, with God's people. The moment you encounter Jesus, God wants to bring you into a new team, and he wants you to throw off the old garment the way you used to do things. Why? Because you're, you're coming into a, a new team now. And this team is, is dressed different. And this is not about clothes, but it's about a principle. And when you, you come to Jesus, it's like he gives you a new garment. The garment's called the garment of righteousness, and so when Jesus looks upon you, the moment you remove the old and He's able to place on you the garment of righteousness, you, you, you live different because the garment of righteousness now is a garment that He places on you. And He bit, literally says, I put this garment on you because you now represent Team Jesus. You're part of my team. So therefore, I want you to live now as though you're part of a kingdom team. You're part of King Jesus' team. And so really, in a way, we, 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 don't, we don't earn righteousness, but God gives it to us. It's a gift He gives to us. And as we enter into it, our life changes because we realize who we represent And what uh, Bartimaeus had to do is he had to cast off the old so that he could actually possess the new. And today I believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting you to throw off the old so that God is able to renew your vision so that you're able to see your future through different eyes. You're able to see that God is a God of blessing. God is a God of righteousness. God is a good God. God is the rock of our salvation. God is the Alpha and the Omega. God is the beginning in the end. God, God is the one who delights over us. The Bible actually says of God, are more numerous are, his thoughts towards you than the sand of the seashore. That's how God thinks about us. So we're throwing over off the old garments of doubt, insecurity. We're beginning to take the new garment that we're children of God, sons of, daughters of destiny. We're able to pick up and possess what God has for our life. And so it's so easy as Christians to actually drop back and and, and just live. We want the benefits of the kingdom, but we don't throw off the garment that's holding us. So I declare today... on, for some of you, it's about time you go out and purchase a new garment. You throw off the old, begin to see what God has for you in your future. And when people do that, they're able to respond and to enter into the joy of what Jesus has for their life. And then finally, we receive by faith. And just as then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately, He received his his sight and he followed Jesus. I love that. The Scripture starts off, he heard about Jesus. But the Scripture finishes, now he sees Jesus. Something changed. His vision changed. He recognised the one who could actually change his sight, but it came through hearing. That's how God works. God works in the hearing. God works in the hearing, that's faith. Faith begins when we hear the Word of God intuitively in our heart, and we acknowledge that that's the presence of God speaking. And when we hear the Word of God and we rise up and we get this determination to break through, when Jesus intervenes, we now are able to see Him. We're able to see His will. We're able to see His future. We're able to see His purpose. We're able to apprehend God's destiny for our life. And I believe right now God is raising up a generation of people who are able to see. They're able to break through into the unknown and they're able to see things that could never ever be seen by the human eye, but they come because they understand the realm of the Spirit. God's wanting you to see. I prophesy sight today. I prophesy healing into people's bodies. I right now prophesy vision that people would be able to see their tomorrow and it would become more real than their current reality. Right now we prophesy and we declare health over bodies that right now are inflicted. We prophesy into our nation and we say that this nation is the land of the righteous and no scepter of wickedness will rest in this land. We prophesy right now and we declare that all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. We prophesy right now a revival. We declare right now healing, breakthrough, deliverance, restoration, People rising to a new place. We prophesy. Why? Because we don't see the current as, our, as being real. We say that's not the reality of what God wants for us. We right now declare He we declare breakthrough, we declare vision, we declare sight and we ask You, God, in the Name of Jesus, like like Bartimaeus, we're, we're hungry for You. We're hungry for You to break through. We're desperate to see You move and right now we will not stand back until we see Your salvation breaking through the North, the South, the East and the West. God doing something incredibly supernatural in Jesus' Name. And so we right now come before You and we just declare Your supernatural power. So today, just as we come to a conclusion, wherever you are, you might just need to to stand or just open your heart or lift your hands or position yourself. But come on, let's all acknowledge we have a need. Everyone needs to be able to see more clearly. Let's not just hold back and say we see something, but let's right now before Jesus Christ, let's ask. Say, come on, God, have mercy on us. We ask You that You would intervene in our world. We ask You. We right now cry out, there's a desperate, desperateness. I believe God wants a desperation to come into the heart of His people where we cry out. Yeah, we are poor in spirit. We need You, Jesus, to break through. We need You to intervene. That we also are really aware and to respond to, His voice, he's calling. He's calling. Jesus is calling for me. Like Peter, come. Peter gets out of the boat and he comes. A miracle takes place. Just coming to to Jesus, allowing him to minister into the very depth of your heart. But when, before you come, just remember, throw off the old. Come on, let's get rid of the old. It's almost like there's a, a battle goes on in every single one of us, none of, none of us are exempt. I call it, it's like a tug of war. If I was to put the pulpit here and there's a line here where the pole is, on this side is the old land, it's the old house. It's the old place that Bartimaeus sat. It's a place where he felt poor, he felt miserable. But as He changed location, He comes into a, a new place. It's a new land, it's a land of righteousness, it's the land of peace, it's a land of joy. But somehow in the middle, I'm sure that you would feel the same, there's often a tug of war taking place. There's a tug of war. It's almost like the devil doesn't want you to go, so he keeps you over here. Sometimes it's almost like we have one foot sort of on the edge, the other and we're, 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 we're in between and then we straddle in between. We don't know where to go. But when you respond, you shift. You throw off. You leave the old here and you make a shift. And you come over to the new and you say, this is where I am now. I'm a son and daughter of a king. I have a new garment. It's called a garment of righteousness. I now represent Jesus. I am now the son of a king. Therefore, He's given me authority to rule and reign with Him. And I believe as you you create those uh, attitudes of of change within your heart, God's able to direct your steps into the abundance of His blessing to the point where by faith you stand and you see Jesus When you see Jesus, it's very easy to follow him. It's very easy to follow in his steps. And the Bible says he received his sight and followed Jesus down the road. Today I I pray that this would be the shift as we realise that Jesus wants to entrust to every single one of us the ability to see. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' Name that You would open the eyes of our heart, that we would be able to behold and receive the hope of Your call, the direction You have for our life. Father, whenever You lead us, it never brings us into a place where we will feel depleted. We will always come into a place where we feel something has been added to us where we're blessed, where, God, our cup overflows, where you restore our soul, where you heal the brokenness of our life, where you begin to open our eyes to see something far greater. And I pray that today, Father, where where every one of us find ourselves right at this moment, you would minister supernaturally in Jesus' name.